Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where I share inspiring stories of ordinary people who walk out God's Word and discover radical results along the way. Hey friends, welcome to Walk It Out. This is episode 25 and today my guest is Barb Ruse and we're going to be talking about worry. So I have to ask, do you worry? Or maybe a better question is, what do you worry about? I recently asked some of my friends in my Facebook page and there was a lot of responses, but these are some of their responses. So they worry about not spending enough time with kids, about finances, about kids' future, about kids' safety, about health issues, and a lot of people mentioned about worried about kids walking away from God when they get older. And I know, as a mom of 10 kids and a grandma, there are so many things that can fill our minds with worry. I understand these worries. Now, personally, I don't think of myself as a huge worrier, but I do tend to let my mind wander about our younger kids, those that, we, that we've adopted from foster care. Especially, I worry if John and I can give them the help that they can need in the time that we have them before they become adults. Um, I want them to be self-sufficient adults who love Jesus. And so sometimes I, I say that my worry is more like just being proactive or just being concerned, but really it comes back to worries. It seems like John and I are coming behind adopting these kids. Um, There's so many things I feel like we need to catch up on to get them to be um, adults who love Jesus and that can be self-sustaining and productive members of society. But really, it just reminds me that I need to turn these worries over to God. You see, worry never helps things, does it? Often, even we, when we attempt to give things over to God, we get more burdened. And under this burden, it's hard to fight the good fight of faith. In the midst of everyday trials, we're dis- disillusioned and discouraged. We wonder how others live lives of hope, but we just live in fear. Now, thankfully, today's guest is going to help us with this today. Barb Bruce is the author of Winning the Worry Battle, Life Lessons from the Book of Joshua. Barb is going to talk about how she learned to trust God with her own worries, and I know you'll be encouraged. Now, how do I know this? I know because I originally interviewed Barb a few months ago. I recorded a lot of my shows for the summer during the spring, so because I knew that summer just gets crazy with all these kids and uh, being out of homeschool and all the vacation and fun times we're having. And even though I recorded a few months ago that Barb's words still are helping me today. Now, in her book, Barb says, if you're still sane, God won't give me more than I can handle. Please stop. Eliminate that phrase from your vocabulary because it will mess you up. There are many times in life when we have more than we can handle. Can I get an amen to that? Um, Barb goes on to say, God allows it so that when we realize we can't, then we'll turn to God because he can. God is able. It's a shame that we're so focused on our worries that we forget just how powerful God really is. Now, I love those words. I love this interview. I love 
Barb's message, and I need those words. I need to remember that. You see, because just yesterday, my husband John went into the hospital for a routine procedure, and he ended up having his oxygen drop. And it was a super scary time for a while, and they actually had to resuscitate him. Here's this little routine procedure, in and out patient thing, and now he's currently in the hospital fighting an infection. Now, as a mom of 10 kids, one of the scariest things I can think of is losing my husband. Yet even in the midst of this, God has given me peace. In my mind, I could be filled with worries, but instead God has filled my mind with faith that he has everything under control. Like Barb says, even though we can't control things, God can. So do you need to replace worry with faith today? I hope, friend, that today's interview with Barb will be exactly what you need to hear. Now, here's Barb. I am so excited about today's guest. And when her publicist contacted me about interviewing her about this book, I think it lasted like 10 seconds before I responded and said, yes, please. So I will tell you a little bit about the book in the moment. But first, I want to welcome my guest. So Barb Ruse, welcome to Walk It Out. Hi, Trisha. I am so grateful that you and I get a chance to talk today. Yeah, I just love now we haven't connected in person before. Maybe someday we'll do that. But I'm so excited to chat with you on the show. Would you start just by telling my listeners a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. I live in Northwest Ohio. My husband, Matt, and I have three daughters. And in this season of our lives, it's pretty special because our youngest daughter is uh, heading out of high school. So our oldest daughter is 25 and she's an army officer living in Texas. Um, Our middle daughter is 22. She is what we call our boomerang child. Uh, She left and came back. She's a preschool teacher and living at home doing great. And then our youngest daughter is is a senior in high school, getting ready to graduate and looking forward to her next season of life. So it's a pretty cool time for us. It is a cool season. We just had a daughter graduate just a couple weeks ago. Um, She's one of the four girls that we adopted as teenagers. So it was so awesome to see like she did it and she's heading off to college in the fall. Um, So it is such a special time. And I, I did see on your social media, your daughter was a sport into sports. And so now you're like, what am you know, I'm, I'm gave up my role as driving around to all these practices. And it is a lot of change, isn't it? It is. But the season of life is welcomed. When she finished her last event, uh, later that night, I, I had to sit and I just had to take in the moment, just mark the moment. I, I'd been a sports mom for 19 years. <laughs> all three of my kids played sports. They played multiple sports. My last car has 264,000 miles on it. And that's my second high mileage car. We spent a lot of time driving. And I realized that especially as moms, when we get to these, uh, these milestone moments in life, the importance of just stopping and really taking it in, letting the tears fall, remembering the good, the bad, and the ugly, and really celebrating that milestone. It didn't have to be perfect to celebrate it, but just celebrating that I made it to that milestone. I love that so much. We just finished up our homeschool year. And yeah, I just sunk onto the couch. I'm like, okay, (laughs) we finished the year. We did it. So I love that. Just pausing. And even though it's not perfect, just celebrating the moment. Yes, absolutely. Well, we are here today to talk about your book, which is uh, 
winning the worry battle life lessons from the book of Joshua. And I just know this is so important today. Um, I think there's just so many people with anxiety and especially kids. I mentioned um, before we started that we've adopted from foster care and just so much anxiety. Sometimes the kids will be acting out and like, what's going on? And I'll realize they're anxious and worried about something. It just takes me sitting down and, and asking that like, what's going on? Can you tell me what's happening? And sometimes we don't even fully understand all the anxiety and all the worry and we attribute to other things. We're just overwhelmed and we're busy. And, um, but can you tell us a little bit just about worry and anxiety disorders and how that is affecting people today? This is a conversation for all of us, not just for those who find themselves just deep in worry, uh, but the American Association of Anxiety and Depression tell us that 40 million Americans struggle with uh, with worry and anxiety, with primarily anxiety. And to contextualize this, if we look at a family of five, that's one person in that family who's struggling. And maybe it's a parent or maybe it's a child. Uh, for Tricia, for your family with 10 people, that two people. People. And for you, the numbers are a little uh, higher. Yeah, I, I think we have seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when we contextualize that out, for anyone who's listening today, that person, this is not their way of best living. And so you see someone that you love and you care about and knowing that they have the struggle inside. Worry for me is when we think about those mental movies, anyone who has Netflix and you know, if you sit there and watch an episode, another episode loads immediately. Well, I call my worry, worry flicks because I can have this horrible mental movie in my mind and I don't have to work that hard to keep it going. As soon as one set of worries end, another movie loads up and plays. And when someone is living in our house and that is their everyday life, it's painful to watch. And if you're that person, it's painful to live with. So these people, you know, I think everyone worries some, but the ones that are really overwhelmed with it, I mean, is it most of the day? How much time do they spend or on average spend worrying a day? Uniquely, I found one study that said the average person not suffering from a diagnosed anxiety disorder, an average person can worry 55 minutes per day. For an hour every day, many of us are going through that mental movie, whether we are stressed out if our boss says, hey, why don't you stop by my office before you leave today? Like how much, how much time that afternoon is going to be wasted going, what's going to happen? Am I going to get fired? What have you? If the doctor calls and says, hey, can you call the office tomorrow? We need to talk to you. Like those things, they suck up so much time of our lives. Worry is, worry is real and the effects on our body are real. So an hour a day, we're feeling that stressed out sense, that nausea, the racing heartbeat, uh, the, the sweaty palms, the headaches, an hour every day we're dealing with this. Absolutely. And I think, you know, in society, there's always, uh, you know, work and then we're always on the go and we have the kids and then there's money issues. And I know, you know, when you have a three-year-old, you see them throw a tantrum and you're picturing a 16-year-old driving off in a car. <laughs> like we do such a good job. We think we're being diligent, like thinking about all these things over and over, but really it is just pulling us down. And you mentioned, you know, the racing heart and all these things. I think we don't realize just how it is impacting so much more than we think. Truly. Uh, Catherine Leaf, Dr. Caroline Leaf, excuse me, 
me. Uh, she is a Christian, um, very smart person. Um, that's what I'm going to call her, a Christian, very smart person. But, <laughs> I love uh, her, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> truly. And so her book, Switch On Your Brain, she talks about the the high correlation between the things that we think and our actual physical health. For those who are struggling with worry and anxiety, you're like, yeah, duh. Uh, our bodies translate worry and anxiety. And the Proverbs are so wise that it says that worry weighs a mind down or wears a body down. It really does. Worry can wear us out physically. So wherever you're at today, if you are struggling with worry or anxiety, uh, that's legit honor that struggle. Don't try to downplay it. People say, oh, you know what? It's just in your mind. It's not. It's in your body too. And we have to honor what's happening in our mind and body and treat it with respect. Yeah. I was so surprised. I, l I listened to one of her videos and she talked about it becomes physical things in your brain. Like they could actually scan and see like these physical things when you have the thought that plays over and over and over and over again. And I think and it impacts all kinds of health. I think we don't truly understand. We just think, oh, it's just, you know, I, you know, my mom worried or she taught me to worry or we just think that maybe it's something we learned or something that we don't have any control over. But I love how, you know, you, it's not something that we need to just say, okay, this is how I am, but really that there is changes um, that we can make. So I want to talk about that. But first, I would love to hear, like, why was this the book that you wanted to write? And how were you impacted by it? Well, Tricia, when I was in high school, I taught myself to worry. Uh, it, it, and it sounds crazy, but I... I'm a firstborn, type A, hard-charging kind of kid. And when I was in high school, I felt so stressed by classes and all of the activities that I would think through everything that could go wrong. I'd go, okay, what do you have going on today? How many tests? How many classes? Do you got to go to work and got to go to sports? So I would think up all of the worst-case scenarios. And in my mind, what was wise was to come up with strategies to deal with those worst-case scenarios. So I would come up up with plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. And I can see myself even today remembering me doing that. But what I did accidentally was teach myself how to do what Lenore Skenazy calls worst first thinking. I taught myself to jump to the worst case scenario in every situation. So I, would, I went through college like this. I got married doing this. I had my kids doing this. And it turned me into the kind of worrier that was always looking for the worst to happen. And it made me miserable. It made my family miserable. I was losing all kinds of precious moments with my kids because I was always imagining them getting kidnapped or falling into a bucket or what have you. And so I live like that for a long time until God brought me to the place where I had to, I had to choose to live differently. So that was, that's kind of my worry story. So what was it? You, you talk about how God brought you to the place. And I know, you know, the, my show is walk it out. Cause it really is, you know, when we look at God's word and we say something that he wants us to change, I know it says in there, do not worry. I mean, was it really his word that spoke to you that, that, really made you want to change this about your life? What I love about God is that he, when it's time for him to, to 
have us deal with something in our lives, he comes at it from all angles. And so part of my journey was allowing me to just live how I wanted to live until I got tired of it. And so there was this one day, one of my children needed a test and we figured she had ADHD, but we needed a test. Our insurance company wasn't going to pay for it. And there was this day where I hung up the phone in my kitchen. And this was back in the day when our phones hung on the walls in the kitchen. Yeah. Do you remember that day? Remember yeah. those days? I tell my kids that like we used to have a cord. We used to be stuck. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And so it was back then that day. And it was that season of life when everything was going wrong. I was at the end of my rope physically, financially, mentally, spiritually. And I just was so I just had gone over the edge when the insurance company said we couldn't pay for the test. They couldn't pay for the test. And I was there in my kitchen and I was just raging against God. I came to faith in Christ when I was nine. But in that very stressful season of life, I was angry because we had all of these. I was sleepless for months on end. And I was like, God, why aren't you stepping up and doing something about our lives? And I collapsed on the kitchen floor. And I sat there angry and afraid and upset and all of those what if worries. What if we couldn't get our child what we needed? What if this test didn't happen? What if I failed her as a mother? And I turned all of that anger to God. And I thought, about walking away from my faith. And as I sat there on the floor, angry and afraid, I realized that if I walked away from my faith, then I really truly was on my own. And then that moment, that one moment where that part of my life changed, I looked up and I said, you know what, God, if it's going to get done, then you're going to have to do it. And that was what I came to know later as real surrender. That was the change that had to happen. And Trisha, the end of that story was a few minutes later, my phone rang and I got up off the floor, picked up the phone and I heard a voice that said, Mrs. Roos, uh, this is so-and-so at Toledo Christian Schools where my kids went to school. You know, your daughter needs that test. Uh, you don't have to call your insurance company. We have a fund that pays for it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and for everyone who's listening out there, we know life doesn't go that smoothly. But I believe that God's message to me that day was, Barb, if it's going to get done, I'm going to do it. And I don't need your help. Wow. And so where did it go from there if, when you realize, okay, there's this point of surrender, but then change has to happen. You know, there has to be something that's going to break the cycle of worry or whatever cycle we're struggling with. Well, that part also is a journey. My oldest daughter is an officer in the U.S. Army. Uh, she went to West Point. And when she went to West Point, I learned a very important lesson about discipleship. My daughter went to West Point to learn how to be a soldier, a warrior. When she went to class every day, they gave her the tools of knowledge. And then when she had to do her military training, they, give her, they gave her weapons, but they didn't just drop everything on the ground and look at the cadets and say, y'all, good luck with that. She had to wake up and drill every single day. She had to, whether it was rain or shine, whether she was sick or well, she had to go to drill. And for us as believers, especially when we're facing a worry battle, I've learned that the difference between being a warrior and a warrior is how much I train every day. That has been the journey, is to wake up every single day. And instead of saying, oh, just pray about it. You know what? That didn't work for me. I had to learn how to fight in faith. I had to learn how to be a warrior by understanding the, how to use the tools that God has given me, that he has given me 
these tools of courage and peace and strength. But I had to learn how to use those tools and practice with them every single day so that I could become a warrior instead of a worrier. I love that so much because I think sometimes when people say, oh, just pray about it or give it to God, we sit down to pray and we make our list and then we realize that we have so many things to worry about because the list is really long and then we start to pray and then our mind starts to wander and we try to solve things on our own. So sometimes it it does get in the way um, when, we, when we think about praying because we're so just overwhelmed the situation, we let our mind wander. So what are these tools that you're talking about? And how did you train so you'll be able to be a warrior instead of a warrior? I'm glad you asked that question because God is so generous in the tools he gives us. And so in the book, I talk about our three fighting friends. And if you have any kind of familiarity with the Bible, some of your your favorite Bible verses uh, speak to these fighting friends of peace and courage and strength. Those are the tools that God gives us because his Holy Spirit empowers them within us. But then that challenge is how do we use those tools? That goes back to the techniques that my daughter learned. And so one of the techniques that I talk about in the book is the calm technique. And I love this technique because it's something that you and I can learn and we also, we can teach it to our kids. So um, do you mind if I share this one technique? I would love it, please. I'm like taking notes right now. (laughs) Well, when I get really stressed out and I get freaked out, um, a few weeks ago, I had to leave and head out to a speaking engagement and I lost my rental car keys. So I have a perfectly good car that's sitting there, but I don't have my rental car keys. And then my husband had left that morning with his dad. So I didn't have my husband's backup keys. So I'm all street freaked out. My heart is racing. Well, the calm technique is how we can reduce our physical symptoms so that we can reconnect with God. So the C in the calm technique stands for count to five. Now, people always would say, you should count to 10 to calm down. And I would go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. Nope, still stressed. (laughs) But we do it like this. You inhale on the number and then you exhale Mississippi. And so you take a deep inhale one and then exhale Mississippi. And you do this all the way to a count of five. What that does is it first, it helps to slow down a racing heart. And then the Mississippi helps to interrupt the worry flicks, that stream of negative thinking, that stream of worst first thinking. And then once you are able to calm your heart rate, then the A stands for acknowledge God. This is where we want to invite God into our struggle because when we worry, we forget about God. The difference between worry and worship is who you're talking to. So we acknowledge God. God, I know that you are right here right now. It doesn't have to be fancy. Just keep it short and sweet. The L stands for list your need. We tell God what's going on. Does he already know? Yes. But we tell him so that we have that moment of honesty. God, I can't find my car keys. I need to get on the road. I don't want to get stuck in traffic. God, I don't want to miss this speaking engagement. It's so important. We tell God what's going on. And then the M is meditate. And for there are Christians out there who feel a little weird about meditation. If you're a worrier, you know how to meditate. We're just going to meditate on God instead of what's going wrong. And the meditation is God is here and he is taking care of this, or God is here and he is taking care of me. 
The calm technique is very, very simple, but it allows us to reduce our physical symptoms so that we can reconnect with God. And so on that day when I lost my keys and I I did the calm technique and it allowed me to then separate out worry from concern. And I was able to kind of track down the car keys. They happened to be locked in my regular car, which was crazy. (laughs) But instead of spinning off into an unproductive place of worry, into meltdowns and panic attacks, I was able to just invite God into that space and to just keep walking by faith, walking by faith. So again, I use this. I teach it to my kids and I encourage people to teach it to their families because our kids How helpful is it for us to teach them how to calm themselves down and and reconnect with God when they're stressed? I love this so much. I wrote it down, so I'm going to teach it to my kids. Um, And what I love about that, you talk about the physical symptoms. You know, I have found when I, you know, I'm in a moment of worry or anger, usually my fists are balled up into tight little balls. And I love how you mentioned the breathing. And sometimes I just look down and remember relax my fist and that can go along with the breathing so much because we just get so tensed up and so worried. And I love how that breathing just relaxes and slows everything down. And I also tell my kids, um, when you're emotional, whether it's worry or fear, any of these emotions, your thinking brain turns off because you're so wrapped up in those emotions. And I said, you know, you cannot make you know, a wise decision or logical decision. So I love this calm technique because once you're able to, um, you know, count to five, acknowledge God, list your knees and meditate and remember that he's here and he's taking care of it. Then you've gotten that emotion under control and then you could actually think. (laughs) So I just love that so much. And I think it's going to be a great benefit to my kids. You know, we, we talk about all these things, but I just love how you have it just laid out so simply. Well, I am grateful that God, it was inspired by the first chapter of Joshua is how the calm technique came together. And for me, I love it because I use it. And the hard part it, when you start, especially the C, the count to five, is our bodies love to be stressed out. It like it, it's That worry comes naturally to us. So you have to boss your body a little bit by forcing your body to do the the one the the inhale and then the exhale Mississippi. But I found that the more that I do it, the more my body is willing to respond to it. But you you got to kind of boss your body at first through that process. Yeah, because your body is just natural. Like okay, we got to take care of everything ourselves and we got to get all worked up. But yeah, I love how you do boss your body. So tell me, you talk about the book of Joshua and I know um, your book is inspired and based on the book of Joshua. Why did you choose this book? The fun story is that back in 2011, I worked full-time on staff at my church for 14 years, and uh, I was uh, on a teaching pastor for 10 years, and I was part of a series where we had to choose someone in the Bible we admired. Uh, as a leader, I love Joshua. He was a warrior. He was a leader. He was Moses' assistant. And we had to do something courageous to go along with the series. And so Joshua actually inspired me to go skydiving, of all things. So I actually oh, went wow. skydiving for that message. But when I sat down and looked at the first chapter of Joshua, we have this man who is a warrior. He's a leader. He's he's this man of great faith. I mean, he and Caleb face down the Israelites when they wanted to stone them because they were afraid to enter the promised land. And yet, when I read through the first chapter, God repeated, be strong and courageous, 
multiple times, in fact, three times in four verses. And then he told Joshua, do not be afraid or discouraged. And I thought, wait a minute, we have this man who on the outside, he looks like he has it all together. He has been given this incredible assignment. And yet God keeps repeating words that seems, it seems interesting that God would repeat these phrases. So could it be that Joshua, that maybe he had some worry and anxiety? And I wanted to explore that question. Yeah, I love that so much. And so what did you learn when the more you got into the book of Joshua? What I loved about the story of Joshua, the man, as well as the narrative of the Israelites entering into the promised land is that they were people just like us. <laughs> oh, yeah. My kids, every time we read, they're like, won't they stop grumbling and complaining and arguing? I'm like, it's just like us. <laughs> exactly. And one of my dear girlfriends, Melissa, she wrote the Numbers Bible study. And I did that Bible study. And it was about the grumbling and complaining. The book of Joshua, though, opens with the Israelites standing on the eastern edge of the Jordan. And when I think about this million, million plus people, they're looking out into a place where they've never been before. Joshua and Caleb had been there, but they hadn't. How many of us struggle with uncertainty? when we don't know what our next steps in life look like. And so this book was all about navigating uncertainty. Could they trust God? Could they let him lead them? And for Joshua, the man, imagine being Joshua. If you're a parent, you know what it's like when you see your children trusting you to do the right thing. So Joshua, he's the leader. He's got this million plus people who are counting on them for their health and welfare. And then he has to he has to fight these military battles. And so as a parent, I really connected with Joshua because my family relies on me. And then I know I've got to go out and I've got to fight these battles in life. And the book is just an exploration of all of the issues that you and I face in life that bring fear and uncertainty and worry. Hmm, I love that. And the um, you talk about fighting in faith. Um, and about embracing God's promises, courage and commitment under pressure, and practicing radical ob obedience. Out of all of those, what really spoke to you personally the most? Courage. Courage was the one for me that spoke most. And maybe it's because of the season of life. Uh, when I was working on staff, uh, there was a, a time, a season three years ago when I felt God leading me to leave my full-time job. And I loved my church. I still attend my church, but I had this really great staff position. I had a great team that I was leading and God felt, he kind of led me into becoming a full-time speaker and author. And I was like, whoa, wait, hold on, God, wait. Can <laughs> I just keep writing books and talking and just stay with the steady paycheck that came every two weeks, the health insurance that was awesome, uh, knowing every day I was working with a team, I wasn't out there on my own, and that wasn't God's plan. And I, I had to leave everything that was certain to step out into the unknown. And each day is still filled with uncertainty. My daughter, that army officer, she is preparing to deploy and there's uncertainty there. I see certain aspects of my life now that I don't know what those next steps will look like. And I love Margaret Thatcher, uh, Great Britain's prime minister. She said, sometimes you have to fight a battle more than once to win it. And so sometimes courage is just uh, waking up and going, God, it didn't go really well yesterday, but Lord, I'm going to trust and know that you're standing with me today. And so I'm going to go at it again. Yeah. And I think with, with everything that God calls us to, it's always going to cause us to question, but we have to take steps of faith. 
you know, it's not, it's not like, okay, I'm going to keep you in your comfort zone and the things I'm going to ask you to do, you're going to be totally comfortable with because he wants us to look to him, to depend on him. And I think so many times, I mean, in like you, I'm like, really, God, you called me to a career where everything's uncertain, where people can review my work on, you know, give me stars, give me, you know, uh, whether they buy my book or don't buy my book. I mean, it's so much uncertainty in our career. Uh, but yet God's like, look to me, take these steps of faith, turn to me. And I think, I think with uh, you, I just love how you just clung to that word courage. And even though it's hard and you left that certainty that you were able to look to God during that season. It is your words are so, so dead on because everyone, whether we are looking at a career change or maybe the uncertainty is not knowing if a marriage is going to survive. Maybe the uncertainty is a child that is addicted or struggling in school or not knowing if there are going to be layoffs or not knowing where that next mortgage payment is coming from. All of us face the uncertainty and it is real. And there are times when the worst does happen. While I was writing this book, uh, right, I turned in the first nine chapters and my sister called and said, Barb, I'm calling. Dad wants me to tell you goodbye. Uh, my dad got sick in the middle of writing the book and I hopped in the car. I drove across my state and the oncologist who uh, they had done a biopsy, my dad was 67. He had been in great health told us that he had metastatic lung cancer and only a few days to live. Oh, wow. And I remember standing there thinking, okay, God, this, we didn't see this coming. And uh, Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6, verse 27, can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And it was in that space, those words came roaring back to me. Was I going to let fear and worry and uncertainty steal the best and precious moments that I had left with my dad? And was I going to trust God that even though time was suspended, we didn't, like, was I going to trust God with that? And I was grateful that I was in the middle of writing this book because I was so, so entrenched in studying God's promises that um, I was able to really enjoy and really love my dad. He'd passed away eight days after that diagnosis. Oh, wow. I just, yeah, I just love how God was preparing you through your own work. He was preparing your heart. He was preparing your spirit. Your eyes were already on him for this really very hard time in your life. Very much so. It, it took our breath away because it, we just don't know what will happen next in life. Life is uncertain, uh, but we also know that worry doesn't work. And for many of us, it's the strategy that we have, especially for us as mamas. We think that if we worry about our kids or worry about our loved ones, that that shows that we love them. That's like our strategy. But really, worry is stealing the best and precious moments of our lives. Yeah, that is so good. Okay, I just needed this today too because I'm already so we're we're way, day one of summer vacation. I'm already oh, today. I'm like, what am I going to do? I have all these kids, the neighbor kids over. My house is a mess. I'm already worried and stressed out. I just needed this today to think about. Okay, this is what I need. I don't need to worry. I'm just going to enjoy it and let every day come. And whether it's something like that, a messy house, or it's losing someone that you love so dearly, God will meet each of us in those moments. 
Yes. And I love the fact that this is that God is using this for you today. When this episode comes out and I listen to it and I have to hear what you're saying and I'm saying, I'm trusting that God is going to use it for me on that day because I know on that day I'm going to need this message. I love that. (laughs) Well, I know it's pretty exciting because there's more than just the book. We have the six weeks Bible study, but also there's a DVD um, that goes with. Will you tell us a little bit about that? The Joshua Bible study is an in-depth Bible study of the entire book of Joshua. It was such a great project for me personally to be enmeshed in. So if you love Bible studies out there, this five-day Bible study, it is formatted like the other ones out there. If you've done a Beth Moore or Priscilla Shire or any of those kinds, the DVD is where I am covering the the big picture ideas of God's faithfulness, God's promises, and really telling stories about my worry battle, stories about how I bought a house once without telling my husband, stories about me going to hear that. (laughs) Oh, yes. Um, So for anyone out there who is like, does Barb really understand how hard it is for me to fight worry? Yes, Barbie (laughs) has made some crazy mistakes. And so all of these products you can do separately, uh, but the book and the D- or the Bible study and the DVD match together. There's a leader's guide. So if you're a leader out there and you would love to do a Bible study, but don't have time to do all the work, honey, I'm there with you. Barb has got you. So uh, those products can really create great discussion for a group of friends who want to sit down and win their worry battle. I love that so much. Now I have to ask, were you worried when you had to film the DVD or was that totally comfortable for you? Well, you know what? That DVD, um, that actual taping date was actually um, originally a couple of days after my dad passed away. So they gave me a few weeks to just kind of get through that. I was still writing the book. And I remember on the plane having the calm technique. I had to use the calm technique. There's another technique called God morning, God night. It's where I repeat five promises of God first thing in the morning to myself. So I actually, the tools that I write about, the techniques, I have had to use those because of where the season of life life is at. So that DVD shoot um, took a lot of tools and techniques and God was faithful and he got me through it. Yeah. And what, that's what I love is, you know, so much we think, okay, it's for all those people out there who we are helping. And God's like, really, it's for you. And, and I'm just going to also impact and use it for all those people about there out there. But so many times I find when I'm writing, um, when I'm speaking, I just love how God's word, we talked about God's word doesn't return void. And definitely in our own hearts and our own spirits, he just does an amazing work and we just get to be part of it. So that's so exciting. You speak the truth. Absolutely. There is a surrender talk that I give on the road probably more than any other talk. It's because God knows that I need that talk more than everyone else. <laughs> yes. Well, I just am so excited about this book. Now, when you talk about you know traveling and speaking, um, is, are there places where our uh, listeners can find you or check out where your schedule is? Absolutely. I have my speaking schedule at barbaroos.com. I love connecting with women. Uh, Since I am a local church girl, the best part in the world is that I get to visit lots of local churches. So ladies can go online. I am part of the Aspire Women's event. And so that's a national tour that's out and about as well as the She Found Joy tour. And then I also just speak at churches on my own. So whether it's on fear and worry, whether it's on 
on beauty and self-image or leadership, it's just always a privilege when God assigns me out to partner with women's uh, ministry leaders and pastor's wives. Oh, I love that so much. Now, is there also a place if they were interested in having you come to their church that they can contact you? Yes, on, right there at barbers.com. I used to be uh, a leader of a large women's conference. I know what it's like to plan an event and figure out budgets and how to advertise. So everything that you need to know about me is on one page. So whether you need to see speaking clips, my intro video, my speaking schedule, my topics, or my booking information, it is all on one page. So you don't have to go 50 million places to try to find stuff. That used to drive me crazy. <laughs> I love that so much. I love how God's using what you learned in your ministry to now use it in in the speaking ministry too. I I mean, it's all these areas of our lives. He just um, equips us for what he has ahead of us. Yes, I am grateful. It is a privilege to serve and just see what God is doing and to be a part of what God is doing. Yeah. And I think especially as a writer, um, there's nothing better than taking the messages and actually get to see people face to face. And, you know, so many times in our writing, it's us and of course, God in our quiet moments. But I love just being able to look into the faces of women and seeing that these words are impacting them and that, um, you know, that, that, that message that we have will carry on with them and that we'll be able to hug them and, and send them on their way with such messages of hope and help. Beautiful. It's so well said. But when you talked about when we're writing and it's usually just God and us, um, I tend to have dogs barking in the background and kids asking me for food. I wasn't sure if that was part of your list. Okay. (laughs) I was like, I wanted to get your secrets. If you figured out how to be just you and God while you're writing, I'm like, how does she do that? Well, at 5 a.m. That's usually, usually it's just uh, me and God, although we just got a new puppy. So me, God, and the new puppy at 5 a.m. Because the kids, (laughs) especially teenagers, don't want to be up at 5 a.m. Bless it. Bless it. Bless it. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I just appreciate you being here. I am so excited and I cannot wait to teach the calm technique to my kids because I think this is definitely going to help. Again, the book is called Winning the Worry Battle, Life Lessons from the Book of Joshua and Barb. I just appreciate um, you sharing with us today and just taking the time and um, you know just seeking God to share this message of how he can help us overcome our worries. It is a privilege to hang out with you today. I'm so glad that we were able to connect. Thank you. Yeah. And then again, um, if you want more information about Barb, you can just go to barbroos.com. And the last name is spelled R-O-O-S-E. And you can find out all the information and consider if you have a women's event, consider having her come. And um, I just know that your women will be blessed. So thank you, Barb, again. Thank you, Trisha. Appreciate it. Well, friend, don't you love all that Barb shared today? I was taking notes even during the interview and I love her calm technique, I think that is something that I could totally use and use with my kids. But friend, no matter what you're facing today, the way to combat those worries is to remember who God is and to set your mind on what He can do. We are weak, but He is strong. And today's Walk It Out verse focuses on this strength. Ephesians 1, 19-20 says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. I don't know about you, but I need that type of mighty power in my life today, today and 
tomorrow and the next day. And that power only comes from Jesus. Like Barb says, whenever we worry, we can invite God into that space. We can learn to calm ourselves down and reconnect with God when we're stressed. So friend, I pray for you today that you can learn to turn to God with your worries. Also, here is a prayer for us. Lord, there are so many things in this life that fills us with worry. They can completely consume our minds. They completely consume our hearts. And this can feel like a huge black veil that separates us from you, Lord. There are worries that we have that may seem unfounded, but also, God, I know that there are legitimate concerns and worries about the real life challenges in our lives. The thing is, Lord, that worrying never leads us to you. Instead, worries are like a thick wall around our hearts, like that veil I talked about that just separates us from you. Lord, today I pray that each of us will learn how to calm our worries and do it with your help, not simply for the fact that we need to be calm. Instead, we need to seek your help to be calm so that we can better connect with you, to see you in our lives, to see your power in our lives to fill your peace even in the midst of really really hard situations so today lord i pray that whenever a worry plagues us today and tomorrow and the next day that we may trust that the same mighty power that is that raised you from the dead is in us and can help us today and i pray lord that we will just be able to picture you at the right hand of god and to put our trust there in the heavenly realms with you jesus So thank you, God, for all you do and all that you provide for us today. Oh, dear friend, thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out today. As always, you can always find out more information about me on my website, which is just trishagoyer.com. And you know you can find me on any social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram under Trisha Goyer. Finally, friends, I would really appreciate it if you tell your friends about this podcast share about if you know someone that worries or just uh, anyone share this podcast with them and encourage them to listen as you know this podcast is supported by my book walk it out the radical result of following god's word one step at a time and it's published by david c cook now if you haven't had a chance to read walk it out today is the day you can go to christianbook.com amazon.com barnes and noble or your local Christian bookstore, and find Walk It Out. I've received so many amazing notes from people who have written to me about what God has done in their lives when they dare to step out and follow God's word one step at a time. I love, I've heard people that have adopted, people that have started businesses, people that finally sat down to start working on that book. Um, I just love hearing when we take those steps of faith that God really does show up, and I hope that you will pick up a copy of Walk It Out and just see what God has done in our lives and just have that faith that God can do the same thing in your life. Not the same thing as you're going to adopt 10 kids and write 70 books. <laughs> I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think many people would sign up for that journey, but God will do amazing things in your life when you dare to step, step out and follow him. So I pray that you will read the book and see how God can show up in your life that you can have more faith to follow. Again, David C. Cook is a nonprofit publisher that's seeking to spread God's word in over 100 countries, so be sure to check them out online too. But thank you, friend, mostly just for tuning in. 
for just taking the time to connect with me here, to listen to these amazing guests. I would love it um, if you have time to go and put a interview uh, review on iTunes and just share that helps other people find it. But I would also love if this interview or any of your interviews, uh, the interviews that I've had have encouraged you, just send me a note. I love hearing from that. Or even if you have ideas for guests that you think that you would love to hear from, um, you could always drop me a note at Trisha at trishagoyer.com. Now, friend, I hope your day will be filled with faith that you can step out and follow God in amazing ways. Have a great week. Today's podcast was edited and produced by Author Media. Opening and closing music is from the song Wide Open Space by Life Worship, used with permission from Integrity Music.